God is always at work in good times and bad times. He's always providentially moving all things toward his ultimate desired end. As Jesus was taken down from the cross and placed in a tomb, God was simply preparing the way for his ultimate triumph. Jesus really died and was buried, but that's not how the story ends. Welcome to the Wisdom Journey with Stephen Davey. Stephen has a lesson for you today called Sealed Inside a Garden Tomb. Well, the last words of Jesus have now been spoken from the cross. The earthquake that followed his death has now subsided, and not only the centurion, but, but others there with him have just said here in Matthew chapter 27, verse 54, truly, this was the Son of God. Now, with this, beloved, three events take place in the hours that follow. John's gospel account records in chapter 19 and verse 31, Since it was the day of preparation, and so that the bodies would not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for this Sabbath, that Sabbath, was a high day, the Jews asked Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. You might remember from our last discussion, this is the high Sabbath that will take place the following day. This is Friday. In our last session, we covered the fact that Jesus was crucified on Thursday. Then as the nation killed their Passover lambs, they all rejoiced in their safety through the shed blood. Now, with this special Passover Sabbath beginning at sundown, the Jewish officials don't want these three Jewish men hanging on crosses, messing up their religious festival Can you imagine the irony here? The religious leaders don't want the one they should have worshipped interfering with their worship ceremony. So they they want Pilate's uh, soldiers to, to break the legs of these men and hasten their death, pushing them off the sedulum, that is the seat made of a block of wood. Then breaking their legs would make it impossible for these victims in their weakened condition to, to pull themselves up in order to breathe. Well, the soldiers do just that to the two thieves, but they find here in verse 33 that Jesus is already dead. And just to make sure, verse 34 says that a soldier pierced his side with a spear, and at once there came out blood and water. Now, the reason it's so important to note these facts is, as as John points out here in verses 36 and 37, uh, this is going to fulfill two messianic prophecies. First, like a Passover lamb whose bones were, were never to be broken, so the Lord's bones, as the final Passover lamb, were not broken. That That's given to us in Exodus chapter 12. Secondly, the prophet Zechariah says that one day as Jesus descends, there at his second coming, the nation of Israel will look upon the one who was pierced. Zechariah chapter 12, verse 10. By the way, this this all confirms that Jesus truly died. Nobody can seriously claim that, you know, Jesus never really died and he somehow revived in the tomb. Now, with that, we're introduced to a man by the name of Joseph of Arimathea. He's described over in John's Gospel, chapter 19 and and verse 38, as a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews. 
If you go back to Luke's gospel account in chapter 23 and and verse 50, we're given some further details here. He was a member of the council, a good and righteous man who had not consented to their decision and action. So here's what you have here. You have a member of, of Israel's Supreme Court, the Sanhedrin. Now, now, whether he'd been silent throughout the Sanhedrin's illegal proceedings or uh, maybe his objections were drowned out in, in, in the rush to kill Jesus, well, here his commitment to the Lord is publicly revealed. He comes to Pilate and openly requests the body of Jesus, and Pilate agrees. And, and to the shock of the public and, and certainly to his friends on the Sanhedrin, here's Joseph recovering the Lord's body. But he's not alone. You go over to John chapter 19, you're, you're, you're going to find in verse 39 this, this little added uh, wonderful surprise. Nicodemus also, who earlier had come to Jesus by night, came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds in weight. So they took the body of Jesus and bound it in linen clothes with the spices. Well, now you've got two members of the Sanhedrin joining forces to bury Jesus. Don't miss this. Uh, effectively, this, this, this ends their religious careers. This is going to remove them from their seats on the Supreme Court. Well, now we're told that the place of burial is in a garden near the crucifixion site. It's described back in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 27, as a Joseph's own personal or private tomb. Verse 60 says that he laid Jesus' body in his own new tomb, which he had cut in the rock, and he rolled a great stone to the entrance of the tomb and went away. Now, what you have described here is a very typical first-century cave-like tomb with only one entrance. A large stone would be placed in a trough and then rolled down with the help of gravity to cover the tomb's entrance. Once the stone was in place, it would take several men to roll it uphill and away from the entrance. Now, normally, generations of a family would be buried in a single tomb. This tomb, however, has never been used and, and by the way, it's not going to be used for very long. Now, the importance of Jesus' burial in this tomb is, is really threefold. First, this fulfills Messianic prophecy from Isaiah 53 and, and verse 9, which predicts that the Messiah will be with a rich man in his death. And so he was. Secondly, it confirms again that Jesus is truly dead. He's now wrapped in linen cloths. He's sealed with a sticky substance, nearly 100 pounds in weight. And this is critical because without the Messiah's uh, death, there can be no genuine claim to resurrection life. Now, thirdly, Jesus is buried in the tomb of this prominent Supreme Court justice, and the Gospels tell us that Mary Magdalene and other women are watching the preparation and burial of the Lord's body. And so, in other words, there's no room for the rather ridiculous idea that these women and disciples evidently go to the wrong tomb on Sunday morning, and finding that tomb empty, they, well, they just made the mistake of thinking Jesus had risen from the dead. No, they were there watching this preparation. Add to that the fact that this tomb is now heavily guarded. 
Matthew records in chapter 27 and verse 62, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered before Pilate and said, Sir, we remember how that imposter said while he was still alive, after three days I will rise. Now, we're not sure how they knew this. It's possible Judas had told them. But what's interesting to me is that the religious leaders remembered something the disciples, well, they seem to have forgotten. Now, the leaders don't, you know, believe this prediction. They're they're just afraid the disciples might try to steal the body and claim Jesus rose from the dead three days later. So they ask Pilate to secure the tomb for at least three days. Pilate agrees And we're told here in verse 66 that they made the tomb secure by sealing the stone and setting a guard. So you have at least four soldiers guarding the tomb. They're armed with spears, swords, daggers. They're protected with personal armor. They're highly disciplined and committed to fulfilling their duty. We're told the tomb is also sealed. That means a cord was stretched across the stone, covering the entrance, and then sealed at each end. Now, the seal was made of clay, had a signet ring pressed into it. Anybody who broke this seal, by the way, would have received the death penalty. And if if the guards were bribed, well, well, they knew it would spell the end of their lives as well. Now, these details are all important because they together eliminate the possibility of deception. There's no way the disciples can overpower these soldiers, move that stone, remove, and then hide the body of Jesus, and then go out and successfully claim he's risen from the dead. Well, let me tell you, no, God is setting the stage for Jesus' resurrection so that it cannot be explained away. And think about this. Where are the disciples at the moment? Are they somewhere singing about the Lord's coming resurrection? Are they plotting to steal his body? Are they gathering enough money to go and bribe the guards? No. Now, the truth is, they're not expecting a resurrection. They're disillusioned. They're confused and afraid. Any memory of Jesus' promised resurrection, well, that's been buried underneath their fears. They are now in hiding. By the way, beloved, this is a good reminder for us. When the Lord seems absent, when life takes an unexpected and disappointing turn, well, let me tell you, the Lord is alive. The Lord is still at work. He doesn't want us to go into hiding. He wants us to keep openly serving him and and taking his message to the world around us. But with that, uh, we're out of time. We have to stop until we sail again on our wisdom journey. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. This was a lesson called Sealed Inside a Garden Tomb as Stephen Davey continues this wisdom journey through the Bible. Would you be interested in receiving occasional text messages and updates from Stephen? Or maybe you'd prefer to receive email. If you're not on Stephen's email or text list, please sign up. We'd like to be able to communicate with you. 
Stephen sends ministry updates and words of encouragement to those who are on our email or text list. If you're not receiving those, you're missing out. Here's how you sign up. Visit wisdomonline.org forward slash email. That's the address you'll use to sign up for both email and text updates. Once again, it's wisdomonline.org forward slash email. Of course, once you're signed up, you can send Stephen a text or email as well. We'd enjoy interacting with you that way. But again, to receive ministry updates and words of encouragement to help you in your Christian faith, get signed up today. While you're at our website, be sure and look around because it's filled with biblically faithful resources to help you grow as a Christian. Thanks for listening today. Be sure and come back next time to continue the wisdom journey.